Welcome to Classics with Champagne and Caviar, where we're two wacky sisters, Francesca and Coco, who discuss our love for classic films. So pop open a bottle of your best champagne and caviar and let's talk classics. Just know that feeling only lasts a little while. You stick with us and we'll show you how to smile. Get them up, get them down, ease on down. Get them up, get going up, down, ease on down. Get them up, going down, ease on down. Get them up, going down, ease on down. Well, <laughs> Thank you, Fabulous, darling. Fabulous. And as you can tell, we've started another wonderful, joyous episode of Champagne and Caviar with Francesca. And Coco. And a special starring guest, Mommy Dearest. Mother Darling. (laughs) Mother Darling. Thank you, darling. (laughs) So as you can tell from the beginning of our show, we're going to be talking about the wonderful classic, The Wiz. The Wiz, that is. (laughs) Starring the wonderfully talented cast of Diana Ross. Michael Jackson. Ted Ross. Nipsey Russell. Lena Horne. The incomparable... Beautiful. Lena, Lena, Lena. Lena Horn, right. I've been called Lena on occasions. Really, Mommy Dearest? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, Mother Darling. Who's called you that? Your reflection in the mirror? Really, Mother Darling. Mirror don't lie. Mirror, mirror on the wall. I'm the prettiest of them all. Oh, is that what they say? That's what they say, darling. Well, we thank you for joining us. And you forgot Mabel King. Oh, wonderfully talented Mabel King. Yes, And Thelma Carpenter. And Thelma Carpenter. Broadway star. Correct, correct, correct. And Teresa Merritt. Can't forget if you ever watch That's My Mama. You would definitely know Teresa Merritt. Very popular show in the 70s, 80s. Yes, and Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor, the comedian Richard Pryor. So on this episode, we're going to be talking about The Wiz and how it has made its history in cult classic film. Um, this film was also very d- directed by the lovely Sidney Lovett. 
also Lena Horne's son-in-law. Right, I know a lot of people didn't know that um, he married her daughter. So, of course, he's yes, got to he give did. you a tribute to his mother-in-law, the very talented, gorgeous Lena Horne. Yes. Which also reminds me, Coco, that uh, since we're talking about Lena Horne, you have something of Lena Horne's that you want to talk about. Yes, as I mentioned earlier in one of the earlier episodes, mm-hmm. um, I am an avid collector of um and when I, I we say avid is it, very is taking over our yeah. house <laughs> <laughs> it's extensive i have an, a huge collection of um actors and actresses that i feel mm-hmm. that have done something memorable mm-hmm. and mean something to me in my life i collect certain items um from their life. And you have an item, a particular item of Lena Horne's? I absolutely do. I have um, Lena Horne at one time, for many people that didn't know, had a fantastic beauty company. Correct. And I have um, a couple of shares of her company before um, they shut it down. So it's it's just amazing because her company was on the New York Stock Exchange for uh, quite a bit of time oh, before. Really? Yeah, it was. Did not know that. She had major investors and on the stock that I have, you will definitely see that. So, and it's such a special. How much is that valued at now? Do you uh, think a lot? But I won't share that. But <laughs> you a naughty, lot. naughty girl. Um, I just think it's amazing because here it is. You have a, a, a beautiful African American woman who mm-hmm. was an entrepreneur, and very much so. People always talk about Lena Horne's beauty and sophistication mm-hmm. and her movies, but they never talk about her being a successful businesswoman. So I think that was important, and that's why I said I had to get it, because my goal is to one day start a museum where I will... Displaying all of these wonderful classic Yeah, display all of these amazing um, items that I have, because I think they should be shared and and cherished and treasured. And I think that's one valuable thing, that when we discuss classic film, that we talk about how valuable it brings up other historical things in our lives and brings that to the spotlight. Absolutely. And I think with The Wiz, for example, it definitely brings a lot of things to the spotlight, because here you have this wonderfully talented cast and all of these people ended up having beautiful careers whether it was past or present or even still currently yes so and i think that is one glorious thing about classic film that you see these people at such a young age and you never know how great and grand and glorious they're going to become yes and as of i course, think michael jackson was proof of I that mean, wouldn't hello, you say that mother I, darling i mean yeah it, it's it's very much so that he becomes one of the most renowned musical ingenues and um, even Diana Ross herself and yes. other actors and it's just so beautiful to see them at such a young age and see them really display this talent even way before they become you know what you would like to say celebrity yes I would say that and it was amazing <coughs> excuse me mm-hmm. with Thelma Carpenter because she was very known um, for being the, in, on, the in, on the stage and, and many people don't know about her or she doesn't you know get a lot of credit for that so Right, and she, she played Miss One's character. Yes, that she was Miss One, the She's sassy Miss One. Very, very funny. Yes, yes. She was also in episodes of the Cosby Show as well. So correct. Yeah, correct. I, I loved um, Thelma Carpenter. She was excellent. So let's just start off with talking about the Wiz. As you know, it's taken from the very classic story written by um, Frank. Baum. Baum. I couldn't think of his name for the life of me. But Frank Baum, the very classic story of The Wizard of Oz. 
And I know this brings up a lot of debate about, you know, was it a remake or a failed attempt of a remake from the original The Wizard of Oz with, you know, Judy Garland and the rest of that wonderful cast. And how do you feel about that, Coco? Well, this is the way I feel about it. You know, in this country, in this world, we tend to put emphasis on debating which cultural people they do this better or versus this cultural people. And I just, I just think that it doesn't matter. That's my point. I just mm-hmm. think that what's important is that it was from a different standpoint. It was in a, supposed to be a more realistic type of environment. Mm-hmm. And I just think it was great. I think there's no emphasis that needs to be put on that. So that's why I love The Wiz. I love it just because it is The Wiz and for what they gave. The performances was excellent. Mm-hmm. Quincy Jones and the music. Fabulous. Oh my gosh. Oh, These iconic songs. So I just think that it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't take away from The Wizard of Oz, which is a classic. Correct. And I love the music Correct. and Judy Garland and the actors. So I, I just loved it. I agree with you. I think that... It was a totally reinvented interpretation of The Wizard of Oz, although I know they said it was an all-black cast. Correct. I think that it it transcends any color bound or any color racial bound. I think it's right. colorless when you have something that's classic and that's done well. Right. It has no color. Anyone can appreciate it from any diverse background, and it's a universal exactly. message to each film, whether it's The Wizard of Oz or The Wiz. And I think both examples, both renditions are beautifully mastered by both cast. I think they give a different story, a different way of looking at it. Whatever you, whether it's updated version or not, I think they both are very beautifully done and I think they equally deserve their spotlight in classic film. I do. I totally agree with you and like I said, um, sometimes I think we overthink things mm-hmm. and agree. we put too much emphasis on this versus that when mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter. It's just a different version and a different setting I and agree. a different time. When something and is I well done, it. it doesn't matter at this point. And right. I think both of them were a stellar cast, a stellar music, production, right. color, cinematography, all of these things, direction, right. um, art direction, all of these things were done beautifully. Right. So it's neither one is better than the other and I also want to say I I know it wasn't the first major production for African Americans because you did have Porgy and Bess you know by Oscar and Hammerstein but for that time period I think it was like a major a a significant a a huge a big deal for African Americans to put on a production that huge and I thought it was fantastic from Broadway to the to the movie screen so Mm -hmm. because you have to understand I think from it was the first major real production of film with an all-black cast that's a musical dating back to almost Cabin in the Sky. So right. with, and Porgy and Bess. Right. So with that being said, I think it does a tremendous job at it having a very talented cast, some known, some unknown. And at the time, like I said, Michael Jackson was known for being in the Jackson 5, but mm-hmm. he had not yet put out even Off the Wall album, if I'm not mistaken. So he had not even done that or Yeah, thriller. because that because The Wiz was 78, I believe, right. and, and Off, Off the, the Wall, wall came, was in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then came Thriller album, which mm-hmm. became the number one selling album of all then time. Then Bad and the rest of them right, was right, succeeded, right. yeah. And but even, let me say this too, not, I'm not sorry, I'm not trying to interrupt. 
let's not discount the Broadway production because Correct. I loved um, Stephanie Mills. Correct. She did a wonderful as, as job. As Dorothy. So. She did a wonderful job. Loved you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> And Miss Miss Diana, of course. Of course, of course. And I think that is the beauty of classic film is that, you know, whether it's an all-star cast or not, like we were saying in comparison to The Wizard of Oz, good is just good anywhere. And I think this movie is a great example of something that that was good. Great, excuse me, great or excellent. Um, Now, unfortunately, it did not do very well in the theaters, but it has become a cult classic over time yes and i think that's probably because the world was just not ready for right. an all-star african-american mm-hmm. version I and mean, once again that goes back to all these comparisons mm-hmm. and things of that nature mm-hmm. um but well i will say this as you watch the film for those of you who have seen it out there and those of you who are going to see it you are you know recommendation um it's it kind of takes a dark spin on the wizard of oz a little bit darker tone to me personally than say the wizard of oz although the wizard of oz has some dark moments in it or scary and when i mean dark i mean scary or frightening for a child yes um the wiz does have some dark moments and scary frightening moments in it that even i now as an adult i'm cannot watch this film (laughs) late late at night (laughs) (laughs) i mean and i'm how old we shan't mention but I I mean this film really has some dark undertones um, that transpire past you know uh, The Wizard of Oz and so it's kind of a little scary and and some adult themes and you know with the characters are kind of adult like but I think that's what makes it even more special because mm-hmm. they related it to an adult mm-hmm. woman. They did. Who was struggling to find herself. Right. And, and I she think goes that was different from yeah. The Wizard of Oz with yeah. Judy Garland. And she goes on this adventure to discover herself. Right. And to find out that she does have an inner strength to survive and mm-hmm. to not be afraid of the future. Right. Which brings us to the beginning of the story where we are introduced to Dorothy as a middle young young lady in her 20s you presume living in New York we don't know what part of New York but we assume in the upper east you know probably probably Harlem Harlem or the Bronx somewhere in that Mm -hmm. range Mm -hmm. and you meet her with her aunt who she's living with and her aunt her uncle Mm -hmm. and you get the impression from the way the storyline goes that she's kind of a shy quiet doesn't like to get out of the house fearful fearful young lady who you know wants to live experienced a lot in life wants to and hasn't really had that opportunity to doesn't know how to go about doing it and you have a wonderful aunt who's trying to push her to do that motivate her that she can do that Mm -hmm. and that she's telling her you need to get outside of you know your little 12 block radius and really Mm -hmm. see the world and she's kind of afraid to with her gorgeous dog because we're dog people here we're dog moms we are dog moms which was originally a Karen Terrier Mm -hmm. and if I'm not mistaken he's a schnauzer and um, the original Wizard of Oz. No, in the in the original, he was a Karen Terrier. Oh, okay. But in the Wiz, I think he's a Schnauzer. I would have to look at that really closely again. But I think they 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 used a Schnauzer. Well, other, either way, he was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful baby, beautiful baby. And he has more courage than she does. Who brings us to? He goes out in the middle of a snowstorm when she's trying to. Uh, find him and the beautiful Glinda this is where magic happens blows her into the wonderful 
land of Oz into another place that she's never been before that's going to take her outside of her comfort zone yes. and really get her to really believe in herself. Which brings us to reality. How many times have us, have many of us, I should say, wanted to or needed that extra push to really get outside of our comfort zone? I think I was like that. When I first um, moved to New York, I mm -hmm. was terribly afraid and nervous. Mm -hmm. Um, to go to New York and things of that nature and mommy darling dearest um, wasn't quite too happy or fond of that but I did and when I got there I just felt like I was empowered you know because that fear slowly that went away it. absolutely it, it, it did you know and so that brings us to our first encounter. She encounters, you know, the land of Oz with the Munchkins, the little children. And Miss One, and played Miss by Thelma Carpenter. Now, when I was little and I saw The Wiz, I looked at it for the music and the beautiful colors and the songs right. and all of these things. Mm -hmm. And it didn't take me until I got, you know, up some size and older to realize that um, they were children, lost children, you know, kids on the street who played the Munchkins. Yeah. Yeah, I think they were so, it was supposed to be indicative of homeless yeah, children. Yeah, homeless kids mm -hmm. on the street who were being taken care of. This woman, she called herself Miss One, who was really a numbers lady. She was just a bookie. Right. And I, it took me forever <laughs> to realize that. I I mean, I never realized for the time. I know. And, and you never thought about like it. That. You never thought about it because New York at that time in the right. 70s and 80s. Wow. Whoa. What a scary, dark place. Exactly. You know, like a bomb. So you have all it. these little children who are homeless and have no body, and they come out of nowhere, and they embrace Dorothy because she's killed the Wicked Witch of the East, and now Miss One has come out and talked to... Of the West, darling. Oh, I'm sorry. Of the West. Of the West. And so they come out, and she gives her the golden, or the silver slippers, as they made it in this movie, instead of red slippers like the original film. Mm, correct. And so who I never realized, like I said, was a numbers lady. And then she tells her, you know, you need to just find Glinda or Mr. Oz, of course. Played and by Richard Pryor. Exactly. So. And I think he was great in that role. Exactly. And follow the yellow brick road. Right. Follow, 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 follow. Made me think of the Wizard of Oz. Exactly. Of but it brings us to this wonderful song, He's on, on Down, down the, the road. road. Yes. Which, when you read the lyrics, which we sang a little bit, um, our interpretation of it. <laughs> you were um, fabulous, a little darling, In fabulous. the beginning of our show. You, it's all about finding the courage to take that step and really go outside of your comfort zone and find yourself in the world. And I think that's the beauty of that song. I, I think I think you're absolutely right. And I think that when you sum up everything about the mm -hmm. film, it's also, in a sense, reassuring you that you never fight or give up with something that you're really passionate about doing. And Keep on her, easing on down yeah, that road. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And even, like the song said, there are times when you wish you weren't born. And that's a powerful statement it really to is. say that. And times when you wish, you know, no one was around and you just want to be alone. But sometimes you... And you can I think join we're going us. through that now. Exactly. So, yeah. We're going in a time where, you know, so many people are without jobs and so many people are sick, don't know where the next paycheck is coming from. But, yes. you know, just keep a positive, bright attitude. Yes. And you stick with us listening to this wonderful show. And we um, hope that we can brighten somebody's exactly day. Exactly. And make you smile. 
And I think this is what this movie definitely does. So as like the original film, she meets a very array of characters. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson being the first one. And the reason I love Michael Jackson's character so much, even just like the other three, two characters that she meets, is that um, he's a person who's very gentle, who's smart, but because of negative thinking around his environment, he does not leave his area. He doesn't, and 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 he allows a negativity to Mm -hmm. stifle him. Succumb his mind. Mm -hmm. And he's a crow. He plays a scarecrow. And as we know, he's uh, unfortunately being hindered by the crows that are berating him and tell him he can never get down from the pole. And then Dorothy, who courageously comes and rescues the day for him and makes him realize that through positive thinking, he can do anything. And she, he joins her And here's the funny part about it. He was, as the character of Scarecrow, he was crippling himself by staying there around the negative crows. Mm -hmm. Although he never turned negative. That's what I loved about his Mm -hmm. character. He He was positive positive. and he was, you know, a guiding light really for Dorothy throughout Mm -hmm. the whole trip. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really amazing and something that we all should strive to do when we're surrounded with negative people. Sometimes you just need that one friend or a few friends that really encourage you. And I think that was beautiful for the film to show that it doesn't take a lot of people, but whomever it is, you need positive people in your life that can sometimes help you through the most trying or negative yeah, times. Yeah, and the darkest times of your right. life. Absolutely. And even for him, you know, all it took was one small push from Dorothy to, to get believe him off that, that it was possible. Oh, yes. Yeah. And of course, Michael Jackson gives a wonderful performance. Yes, he his does. It, it, it kind of makes me sad that, you know, I loved Michael Jackson's videos and I love him to the day I die. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says. Right. Um, I always wished that he had been in more films. Mm-hmm. I really, I really did. And I know that his his music videos were films, but I, I mean more of a speaking role and really more of a, a character type of role. And I, I really thought that with um, The Wiz, I thought it was fantastic. I just wish she had done more films. Well, according to the things or the research that I've done, it said that, you know, Michael Jackson, and anyone can correct me if I'm wrong, please do so, that because of the unfortunate that it did not do successfully in the theater, he did not want to do any more films after this. Oh, really? Role. I didn't realize correct. that. Yeah. Okay. So, and I mean, you know, hey, that happens. I can, I can understand that. And then as we see his career catapulted to another level yes. after this film, mm-hmm. So he was on another journey anyway. Right. Yes, of course he was. Without that journey, we wouldn't have other music by him. We wouldn't have the iconic (laughs) music that we have. And I promise you, I'll tell you, we've been banging it out, his music, over and over since being, you know, quarantined. His music will never go out of style, baby. Exactly. Ever. Exactly. So he joins her on the journey to uh, meet the wizard and the great and powerful Oz. Because he wants a brain, and of course she wants to be able to get home. Right. And on her journey, as they keep on easing on down that road, we get a beautiful array of New York, even though it I is know, not New Island York. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Even though they do not call it New York, we right. see the Apple and the Bridge, the Brooklyn yeah, Bridge. We see Coney Island and Coney the New Island, York Public Library, which brings us to the Tin Man. Right. When we go to the. Um, Coney Island. And we've been on that ride, honey. Oh, my oh. goodness. What is it, the cyclone or the yes, cyclone? Yes, it's a, it's a cyclone. 
Oh, when it was going in action, I promise you, I almost peed in my pants. I, I, I could not get on that ride. It's, it's scared. Roller coasters in general, for those who don't know, scare Francesca. But that roller coaster, honey. Oh, it, 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 all of those native New Yorkers are those who have been to Coney Island. You I'm know sure what we're you can about. cherish and very hold it monumental because Coney Island is a special place for any person from New York or any person who's been there. But that ride scared me to death. It did. <laughs> I was. I, we were screaming the entire time. Right. So we meet the Tin Man, and as we know, he needs a heart, and he does a lovely. Nipsey Russell does a fantastic job. He does. Um, singing his numbers, and we meet him along the way, and of course, they become. And as you see throughout the movie, they become start to really reveal who they are as people. Yes. And and you realize that they have everything, the that characteristics they that they want anyway they really have them they just don't realize that they do right but as they get tried and tested throughout the movie the real nature of who they are really comes through of course the scarecrow really showing his prowess and his brain and the ten men showing his heart exactly and that he was caring and loving and giving and then we meet who i think steals the show the cowardly, <laughs> ted ross <laughs> cowardly lion played by ted ross i mean he did an out superb job Yes, Playing another Broadway line. actor. Exactly. And his costume, if I'm not mistaken, you said was made out of pure Shirley. Yes, 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 yes. So they, that tells you how long they took and spent detail on his costume. And if you look at his costume, his boots were attached to his costume or were made out of fur, too, mm-hmm, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With heels on it slightly. Exactly. Yeah. So they went all out for this costume. But we meet the Cowardly Lion at the New York Public Library. He tries to scare them. But then we realize he's just as, as whimpering as a lion as can be. But um, lacking courage as he thought. Lacking, so he thought. So he thought. But we see through the rest of the film that he does indeed have courage. And he helps them every step of the way when he's called upon to do so. Right. So we meet the other characters that uh, come through the movie. And we're going through this quickly, but just saying that the flying monkeys. Yeah, that's where scary man they you know they were scary in the wizard of oz but in the wiz they were even scarier well they were even scary you know why they were even scary to me because i really never could understand what they were yeah, like i could never yeah. tell they were monkeys i just never I got know. that you couldn't you thought them they were like I, I think but remember when we watched this and we've talked about it francesca i think they were supposed to be like reminiscent of a um, bike club or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they. I mean, you could say I like Hell's that. Angels or something. Yeah, like they that, were like little, a, a biker gang of yeah, monkeys. Yeah, but I, yeah. you know, physically, I could never tell what they were originally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas in the original Wizard of Oz, you actually see their body parts and them flying in the air. Right. Where here they right. never fly; they're just on motorcycles mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or Vespas, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we meet Eveline, the character of the Wicked Witch. Right. And she does an outstanding job. And like I said, I never knew for the longest that she was sitting on a big toilet. <laughs> I mean, how many people I out know. there really knew she was sitting on a toilet I know. until the end when she gets flushed down the, the toilet? Yeah, yeah. And even then, and I never realized that it was a toilet. Exactly. Yeah, I, I just thought did. it was a, a hole she was getting 
push yeah. down or yeah. flush down or something. But I never really, it took me forever to realize she was getting flushed down the toilet. Right. So I right. said, wow, this is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Which also brings another thing I never realized that the nose piece of Michael Jackson's character. <laughs> we have talked about this since we was were children. Was Reese's Pieces <laughs> Cup wrapper. How many people out there, and raise your hand, I'm sure you know, really knew that we did we always wonder what is that on his nose and then one time when we were watching and i hate to say this this was probably last year i did it in slow-mo and i said that's a reese's peanut butter cup wrapper (laughs) and then i realized that he was full of garbage but see that's the amazing thing about the whiz is that they're showing you what life has been like for African Americans, which hasn't been the most glamorous of lifestyles, right. but they made the and best yet of they it. make it into a poignant story, mm-hmm. and that's when that's what I describe as as finding the beauty and mm-hmm. things that otherwise are not beautiful to look at. Right, because I think that's the whole point of his character. They were made out of he was made out of garbage. You know, yes. garbage, mm-hmm. not necessarily straw. And I think that's just a show of his environment, but yet he remained positive. And I think that you could apply that as a metaphor for real life, you know, right. regardless of where you come from, where you're brought up, where you're raised. You, you can, can be anything still you be anything be. that you want to be. And, and you're aspire. still beautiful. You're still beautiful and you can be just as positive as anyone who comes out of a, you know, golden palace. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yes, yes. So I think that was very beautiful to make him out of garbage, whereas out of straw. Right. I would agree with that. So then we, Dorothy, meets all these other characters. And one of the evil characters that was following the group, the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, the Lion, and Dorothy, was working for Eveline. And that was this little Tinker Man that was following them. I never got that, especially in the subway scene. where I get the impression that, you know... I, he was a drug dealer. I, I, I get that, that he was a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see him following them. And he looks weird and certain. He has a little mask over his face in one of the the scenes. And it's kind of scary. It kind of Kind of me. scary. It's one of the scariest scenes in there with me when he's in the tinkering subway. with that little machine. And all of a sudden, these little cute little dolls, they start they, off as little. And then they, and they, and then they grow. And, and they start chasing them. And they're trying them. to kill them in the subway. I... I I take them as little drug dolls. That's how I I interpreted Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. is that they were drug dolls. So then let's talk about the iconic scene where she's they're all going to meet the Wiz mm-hmm. for the first time and the Wiz and you see Quincy Jones in that montage and oh, the color scene where you yes. see gold and red and green and I'm sorry I'm not trying to like skip through everything I just you know it's just one that's really a really profound scene to me oh no it, it's a beautiful scene the music itself and how they do the color change is so beautiful the costumes oh my gosh if I could and I just cost- in some of these films. I know. <laughs> and I just realized that that was Lincoln Center there in front of. I exactly. never realized that before. Exactly. Such a wonderful place. If you haven't been to Lincoln Center, please do so. Exactly. Mask, gloves, and all. <laughs> and um, so he, they come to this place to see the Wiz or the Oz, the 
Wizard of Oz. And what's funny in that scene to me is the little mics that are I on two legs. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to bring it up. <laughs> and going they keep trying to get in front of the mic, the group, the lion, the scarecrow, the tin man and Dorothy. And the mic walks away each time until the group finds out or the crowd finds out that it's Dorothy, Dorothy. with the slippers mm-hmm. that's gotten it from the Wicked Witch. And then the mic is like, spotlight on them. Yes, um, I agree. That's one of the coolest scenes to me. The I think it's so cute. It's just so yeah, cute. It is. And it has then, a very stylized and go, way. Yeah. And then they <laughs> go and they meet the Richard Wiz. Pryor's character. So Correct. what's your what's your take on that? So he does a very funny job, as only Richard Pryor can do, one of the funniest comedians in history. And he does a very funny interpretation of, you know, the Wizard of Oz and with the gold, the silver face, I should say, with the talking mouth. And it's kind of scary, but, uh, you know, I, I liked it. I liked it. Well, I think um, what's amazing about Richard Pryor as a comedian and actor is that he's able to not only provide that comedic relief, but he has such a vulnerability about his character. Mm -hmm. So, and meaning when I say that, he's able to make you insanely laugh, but also deeply cry. Mm-hmm. You know, or feel sorry well, for him. We Even when he's wrong. Who he really is, you feel sorry for him. Right. As well as you're mad at him for doing all these trickeries and, and these that's, lies. And that's what I was trying to say. That's right. What I mean. But at the same token, you want him to go down the same journey and really find himself because this is a lost person that really doesn't know himself, who's living in fear, just like Dorothy, who's hiding behind a mask. Correct. And I think a lot of people, they hide behind a mask. And you and think. They, and I and I took that to to mean that it's like you look at a celebrity or you look at anybody and you think that they have the world by the by the mm. tail that everything is perfect and they're happy. It was but very, inwardly it's very different than what they display. Very tall telling that he was really a politician running for office. Right. No comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Right. But no, I think it, it does show that you know the movie has a lot of motifs and and themes in it mm-hmm. that really can relate to you and, and even real the original yeah. Yeah. Wizard of Oz about finding yourself and knowing yourself and never being afraid to be yourself and being happy in your own skin. Right. And and like I said, when you move along and she kills um, Eveline, Eveline, <laughs> and then you see, which is one of the things I could never really quite figure out or even interpret when I was a young child, mm-hmm. when I would see it, and when the the people working in their sweatshops mm-hmm. would undress themselves. Mm-hmm. They had and, the ugly costumes yeah. on, these frightfully ugly, just, I mean, discouragingly ugly costumes. And when she dies, they come out of them, and it's like they're these new creatures. So what what would you say that means well, to you? Well, I think that that was just to say that, you know, like every character that was in this movie, unfortunately, was a product of negativity. Somebody had right. control over their mind, their physicality, or their location, their mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody was under this hypnotized spell of the Wicked Witch who wanted to keep everybody as a slave or keep them in a negative state of mind because that was her form of control. Exactly. And I think that... The the unzipping of their outer clothing 
symbolized mm -hmm. that it was a rebirth or the yeah. real them. Or for instance, like if you're a creative person mm -hmm. and the world tells you that whatever your talent, your skill, Isn't whatever it is, enough. it's never going to work. You can forget it. I, I feel like that was showing them in a way it was saying that, you know what, regardless of that, this is the new me. I can do it. I'm a conqueror. I'm a survivor. Well, I think that's You indicative. know, vini vidi vici. I came, I saw, I conquered. Right. You know? And it's in, an, in essence. I and think. I think that's indicative of the song that was played, A Brand New Day, who was actually, was written by Luther Vandross. The amazing and Luther. And if you don't know who that is, you better check it out. <laughs> but it's, it's it's a very lovely song to show that it's a brand new day and you can be say hello to the world as a new person as a new right, creature right, right. and I think get out of the negative thinking out of the negative environment and mm -hmm. really shine and be bright and live a wonderful life as who you are as who you want to be and you don't have to be the product of your environment or negative thinking or wherever you are you can so you don't have to succumb to that type of nasty nasty way and I think that that was why the Wicked Witch she had to go she had to be Flush down the toilet, because where does garbage go? Down uh, the garbage chute. <laughs> <laughs> it does. And like I said, I think that The Wiz is an amazing movie. And oh, I think it goes much deeper than it's given credit for. Oh, definitely so. so. The next time that you're in a mood to, um, you know, just check it out. And, and let yourself think the positive thoughts. But I think one really song that hits at home is when after they find out they've met the Wiz, they kill the evil witch, and unfortunately, of course, we know um, the Wiz does not, you know, keep up with his promise because he had no abilities to get home or give them their gifts that they needed, their heart or their mind or Dorothy home or the courage for the lion. We are introduced, introduced back to Lena Horne's character, oh, Glinda, yes. the good yes, witch. Yes. And she tells them that they all had the things that they needed right there in front of them. And of course, Dorothy always had the power to go home with her shoes. And can I say something about Lena? I'm so sorry, I don't want to Oh, no, go um, on, darling. When Lena Horne sang that song, if you believe, wow, just, just amazing. But my, my point of it is, is when she sang it, you felt like she was singing, not to just you. to you, yeah. but for herself. Because Lena Horne in her life has discussed many times mm -hmm. how very difficult it was for her to find herself. And many people don't really realize that because they focus on her beauty and her sophistication. Well, you have to um, understand, too, that Lena Horne was one of the very first or among one of the very first black actresses to make a stamp in Hollywood culture. Right, right. And Playing a leading woman. That was very difficult times. Right and perilous times for anyone of any nationality to really say put myself as the forefront of that and do a superb job and then deal with the kind of pressures that she was yeah, under she dealt from so many societal pressures from many cultures and that creates a lot of havoc in your life of being told you're not good enough you're good enough or you're not this or you're not that and mm -hmm. she did an outstanding job of maintaining her composure yes. keeping herself at a very classy high rate and and always doing an outstanding performance wherever she went and that I feel like this role that song was totally written for her totally I mean she delivered that like she was it was pouring out of her soul correct just pouring out of her soul
She was just amazing. So she sings this beautiful song, Believe in Yourself, to give them the inspiration that they all had a, the things that they needed, a heart, a, a mind, and courage. And Dorothy had all of those things in addition to the ability to go home. And they finally believe in themselves and they say, bid their farewells. And then she eventually does sing her last song and goes home and reflects on her life and what she's grown from and how this has changed her life. And then she'll never be the same. And she'll never be she the same. She will be stronger, tougher, wiser, exactly. all those things. And I think that's indicative of our lives that sometimes we experience things that... That forever change That forever us. change you, but it's always for the best. Mm-hmm. And I think we should always take it for the best. Right. So, it, and that brings us to the end of this particular episode of Unfortunately, and but if you have not checked out The Wiz, please do so. This is a wonderful classic film filled with smiles, a little fright, a little laughter, chills, beautiful <laughs> songs, beautiful, beautiful songs. numbers, a lot of heart, a lot of heart and soul. I mean, it's just such a fabulous movie. If you haven't seen it, please do so. If you have, watch it again because you'll you every time you I watch a classic tired film, of it you always learn something new and I think that's another beautiful thing about classic film right every time you watch one you learn something new about it or you, you take away from a different new. perspective that exactly. you never noticed before exactly so as we ease on down the road at champagne and caviar with Francesca and Coco why don't you all do the same and watch the news and please don't forget to subscribe if you guys haven't subscribed. Subscribe. And we will be having guest stars later in the season. Until next time. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.